Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, we'll be in Matthew 5, verses 17 through 20. There are people today who may affiliate themselves with Christianity in some way, but believe that Jesus is simply all about brotherly love and has somehow done away with the Old Testament necessity to obey God's law. But is that what Jesus said? What is the relationship between the Old Testament idea of obedience to God's commandments and the coming of Jesus? Is it one or the other, or both? Jesus addresses the answer directly in this passage. Here's today's piece of the sermon entitled, Surpassing Righteousness. In the new heaven and the new earth, I don't think you're going to have to carry a Bible around. Uh, We'll all have iPhones. Uh, No, you won't need it. Because all of this is to get you to that point that you are with God for eternity. The written Bible will become superfluous, but until then, everything that God has said will come to pass. Everything that the law teaches you about the holiness of God is fully in force. It's just that now we have the once-for-all sacrifice, so we don't still lurk in the shadows, which is what the sacrifices were all about, the shadows that we pointed to the reality. So until all is accomplished, until that, that time relationship word, all things in God's word will be fulfilled in the course of time. Those who accused Jesus of de-emphasizing or abolishing or destroying the Word of God, well, they were dead wrong. That's Jesus and the law. Now I want you to see what Jesus says about teachers of the law. He's going to turn to a specific application. If a person claims to teach God's Word but disregards any part of it or teaches contrary to what he says he believes, that's a very serious matter. Look at verse 19 of Matthew chapter 5. Whoever then annuls, same word, one of the least of these commandments, referring to all the Old Testament scriptures, the Hebrew scriptures, and teaches others to do the same, shall be called least in the kingdom of heaven, but whoever keeps and teaches them, he shall be called great in heaven the kingdom of heaven. Remember, he's already talked about the kingdom of heaven. He has said, only those who come spiritually recognizing that they are beggars, they have nothing to offer, they and they alone will be in the kingdom of heaven. Only those who mourn after their sin, they and they alone will be in the kingdom of heaven. Only those who are hungering and thirsting for righteousness will be in the kingdom of heaven. He's already been talking about that, but so when he says greatest and least... He's using a euphemism. He's talking about those that will be there and those who won't in this context. Annuls tells you 
what the Pharisees and the scribes did to the Word of God. They did what they accused Jesus of doing. That tells you what Jesus thinks of anyone who teaches in the manner that the Pharisees taught. To cover up the true meaning of Scripture by reducing it to a a moralistic system of works righteousness. Do this and do this and do this and do this, and eventually you'll accumulate enough credit to be admitted, admitted into heaven. That's what they were doing. You teach that way, you drag others down the drain into that theological cesspool, and Jesus considers you an abomination. We must never teach as doctrines the precepts of men. That word annuls is a cognate of the word abolish back in verse 17. And remember the contrast. Jesus says, I'm not annulling anything. I came to fulfill it. All that we have from Christ, forgiveness, salvation, redemption, adoption, the indwelling Holy Spirit, all that we have summarized in Ephesians 1, 3, every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, it's all given to us by grace. Not one bit of it can be earned. But there is a lot at stake for what a person who has received the grace of God does with the Word of God, with the Word of truth. On the one hand, there's the matter of eternal rewards for faithfulness. Once you stand in His grace, you let your light shine so that people see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. You do that on earth, He rewards you in heaven. But on the other hand, there's the issue of professing to proclaim the truth, but not living up to what you claim. And God says, great punishment is reserved for people like that. So He says, greatest or least in the kingdom of heaven, that's determined after salvation by your faithfulness to what God says. Entrance into the kingdom of heaven is on the basis of Christ's righteousness received by faith. Reward and standing, once you get into the kingdom, that's on the basis of fidelity to Scripture after you are an adopted child of God. There's another idea hinted at in this verse that not every commandment of God's law is of equal significance. Notice he says, least of these commandments. Well, that implies some may be weightier, some may be heavier. Well, that concept is the trailhead to a rabbit trail the rabbis loved to spend time hiking. They divided the law into 613 commandments. They regarded 248 of them as positive, 365 of them negative. And then they added thousands of things on top of what God actually wrote. Well, the rabbis loved to debate, they did it endlessly, which ones of those commandments were heavier and which were lighter. In some quarters of the rabbinical teachings of the Pharisees and the scribes, 
there was the belief that if you could pick out the most important one or the most important few and keep that one or those few rigorously, that you could be excused from having to worry about all the others. And that thinking is another symptom of the attitude that totally misses the point of the law. All those details, all those sacrifices showed you all those ways that you sin and all those things that had to be dealt with. When you think in terms of trying to perform so that you gain God's favor, you miss the point that you have a sin problem that you can't solve. Your only hope is for, number one, complete forgiveness, which is available only through the death of Jesus Christ, and number two, complete transformation, which comes from allowing Him to work in your heart through His Holy Spirit to change you from the inside out. Now, when you think about greatest commandments and least commandments, that just might stir in your mind, remembering, wasn't there a time that somebody asked Jesus about that? Well, there was. Look over at Matthew 22, verses 35 through 40. This is one of the records of this encounter. It says, one of them, if you look up the antecedent of them, it was one among the Pharisees and the scribes. One of them, a lawyer. Now, that doesn't mean a person who goes to court and litigates. That means one who was regarded as an expert in the law of Moses. So this would have been one of the scribes. One of them, a lawyer, asked him a question. Notice this testing him. Their questions were never to seek information. Their questions were always to put Jesus to the test, always in the hope of getting him to contradict himself or getting him to uh, say something that would inflame people so that they could say, see, we told you this guy has to be killed. This This was not an honest question, but it was derived from that view I told you before about figuring out what's the most important one or the most important few. He says to him, Teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? And he said to him, Now when you see Jesus start to answer this question, you might at first think, "Uh Uh-oh, he took the bait. The guy is asking him a dishonest question, and Jesus is going to answer it. But his answer is absolutely brilliant. He said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the great and foremost commandment. And then he didn't even take a breath. The second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend the whole law and the prophets. Notice how brilliantly Jesus answered that. Yes, he said, here's the most important one, and here's the second most important one. And he did not quote um, from the Ten Commandments in either of those things, but love God with all you have and love your neighbor as much as you love yourself. 
On that depends the whole law and the prophets. If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.